Hello Bleepets, and welcome to LA Week on the Bleep Podcast. We're back with another hour of great music and chat. Playing now, we have a gorgeous track from Ghostly's recent SMM contest compilation called Moments Descend on My Window Pane. This month, with the show chock full of great music from the likes of KXP, Peaking Lights, Chris and Cozy, and a whole heap more besides. Also, we catch up with JD Twitch of Optimal Fame to find out how he's been keeping busy since the end of that legendary club night nearly a year ago. But that's all to come, so let's get into the mix straight away, starting with this track from Rennie Hell. Thank you. 
This is Pavan with 1000 Years from their Holy Vault album on uh, Harmonia. As always, if you'd like to buy it, head on over to the podcast page on bleep.com and it will show you the way. Now we have a chat with JD Twitch from Optimo. As most of you will be aware, Optimo was the legendary club night that shook the rafters of Glasgow's subclub every Sunday night from 1997 until early last year. Sam got on the blower with Twitch to find out how he's been filling his hours since then. Busy. I've had a few projects on the go apart from constantly touring, mainly with Johnny as Optimo. I've, um, I've produced Sons and Daughters album for Domino, which should come out in, in June. They just put out one song as a taster last week. I'm in the middle of producing Tussle from San Francisco and producing their album for Small Town Super Sound, which I'm doing in a very different way. With Sons and Daughters, I was in the studio for like weeks on end with them with Tussle. They recorded a load of stuff, sent it to me, I reworked it. Then they came over for a few days, we recorded some more stuff, and then I've kind of been assembling the album that way. So it's a very different way of producing, but uh, and it's taken a lot longer than I thought, but I, I've, I've loved doing that, so quite like to do some more of that. I've been doing quite a lot of remixes, uh, just remixed 
uh, Scottish band Glass Vegas this week and put out a remix on my own label Factory Floor uh, and a few other things like that. I have been working on the label, Optimal Music, have a few things coming up on that, none of which I want to mention because the next few things are all going to be reissues and there's always the fear that you spend ages and ages tracking down who owns the rights to these, agreeing to license them and then someone bootlegs them. So there's not going to be much policy on them until pretty close to they're in the shops as uh, a couple of them are definitely ripe for the, for the bootleggers. I, I really enjoyed the production work. It was straight in the deep end. You know, I've never really done anything like that before when Sons and Daughters asked me and I was vaguely terrified but uh, I think they were a great first act to work with. One, because I'm a huge fan. Two, because I knew them already, so we had a good relationship. We worked in an all-analog studio in Glasgow with a, an amazing engineer called Sam Smith, who, again, I already knew, so that made it easier. We recorded an old tape, 16 tracks, which, for someone like me who spends his whole life staring at a computer screen, was a really refreshing way to work. Uh, it also was, was a good way for them to work, because they wanted it to be a stripped-down, minimal record. When you've only got 16 tracks, you're very limited. You can't go on doing endless overdubs. There's also, I think, recording the tape. There's a certain sound you get that you don't get using Pro Tools, whatever, a certain richness, which became very apparent when it went to the mastering, that there was very little mastering actually needed to be done because the tape had done had done most of it. But yeah, it was a very rewarding experience. Enjoy, enjoyed every second of it. Would definitely want to do more. I don't think it's. I would want to go down that line, and that's what I've become. But as something that I do as a sideline, definitely I'd like to do some more of it. I learn a lot about music and, and, and making music and arranging music from from the, from doing the experience. Yeah. As for original music, I mean, every, every year I say this is the year that I'm going to knuckle down and do it. But all, always, what seems to happen is so many other projects come along and I always end up giving away a lot of my kind of ideas for those and I will say this year I won't do any more remixes. Every year I say right this year I'm not going to do any more remixes, I'm going to concentrate on my own music but actually I really enjoy doing remixes, I enjoy, enjoy the challenge of it. it. Also I think I've learned a lot about if I buy a new piece of equipment I'll learn how to use that by doing a remix whereas otherwise I would probably never get round to, to learning how to work it. But at the same time, I have been working on some, some stuff. I've got a few bits and pieces. What I'd really like to do is, following the experience with Sons and Daughters, is go back into that same studio with a load of uh, musicians and have some roughly pre-prepared ideas and get, and in Glasgow, there's so many talented musicians I know, and get a lot of them to record a lot of parts and then for me to take that away and construct something. I've always had this feeling that what I want to make is probably away from being, you know, like a dance floor banger. I'd rather make something that is more the kind of music that I would maybe listen to. But as to when, who knows? But again, I'll say it again this year, hopefully something this year will, will come out, apart from me dabbling with remixes and dance 12-inch singles or whatever. I think where things are at the moment, I think it's a really great, healthy time in a lot of ways. There's obviously downsides in that actually trying to sell music is harder than ever, but it's still possible and there's outlets and there's exciting outlets and challenging ways to do that. But I think it's what's really exciting moment is things that it would have been almost impossible to imagine crossing over to such a, a, an extent five years ago or less are having fairly mainstream success or, or at least selling all records, drawing big crowds, having an across the board 
appeal. I think I think that's very exciting. I think as far as dance music, I think British dance music is the most exciting ever. I think in general, dance music is perhaps in in a trough. I think um, European deep house, boring minimal techno doesn't really do it for me, and that seems to be the sound over there. If I get to another promo that's labelled New Disco, I'm going to ram it down up someone's um, behind. But I, I think, underlying it all, I think it's a great, very healthy time. There's lots of exciting stuff going on near the mainstream, and also if you dig a little deeper, there's a lot of exciting stuff going on. I, I think in the, in the downside of things, British producers that, that, that are exciting me are people like... Uh, uh, Ramadan man under his his various aliases. I always like when like something mutates a little bit. So you have whatever you want to call it, dubstep or whatever. Which you know I, I listen to a lot of it, but it never really really kind of hit home with me. But when that started to mutate into other kind of beige types of music, which for me I could relate to back from the early days of being really into the early Warp and Sheffield releases and kind of taking those ideas and updating them. Things that are, I've always liked things that are kind of polyrhythmic and, and things that have a lot of bass but not like, not like kind of like wobble, horrible bass. And there's a lot of interesting stuff coming out of it, like Julio Bashmore, people like that are making, um, you know, music at a tempo that I want to play. I, I, I never get up to 140 BPM, it was always very hard for me to play anything in the in that kind of dubstep realm. I, outside of dance music, labels like that not not fun. But, you know, I really like a lot of stuff they're doing. I think there's maybe a little too much of all this meandering synth stuff, and obviously things like One Tricks, Point Never, which has kind of taken the ambient thing and kind of reconfigured it for the, for the 21st century. Um, beyond that, I always struggle to to remember when put on the spot. I've been buying lots of like reissues. I love loads of the stuff on the on the Soundway label, and they do like a, a marvelous job. Loads of like African records in general that are being being reissued. Um, I think my favorite record this year is by this guy Alvarius B, which I think is a, a pseudonym of one of the Southern City Girls. And it's also an interesting thing that you get these records that if you don't get them on the the moment they come out, you miss them. There's these editions of 300 copies, which I'm not always sure that's that's a good thing when there is a possibility that people would buy more of that kind of ultra collector's market. I don't know. I can see why people do it, but I, I think you, know, you should make a record available to whoever wants to buy it.
Okay, that's it for another month. Hope you enjoyed what we have to offer. And remember, head on over to our own site, la-la.co.uk, to find out what we've got going on at the moment. We'll be back on the second week of next month. So till then, take care, and we leave you with an old gem from Meat Beat Manifesto. Goodbye.
You are now listening to a bleep podcast.